Welcome back to another episode. I'm your host, Kirsten, the liberal moderate, and I have my co-host. <laughs> um, Hi, it's Nora Yaya. It is your liberal lobbyist. That's right. And today we don't have our typical, um, uh, our, well, not our typical, but our regular co-host, um, the conservative, the Mr. Conservative. We have another great I think you guys remember her from our last episode because we haven't recorded a podcast in over I don't even know how many like three months or something it's been yeah it's been a that long, long. so we've got Jackie here hi Jackie hey, Martel here hey thank yeah. you for thank you for joining us again um today's conversation well today's episode 36 so I have to mention um I, I know a lot of people have been sending me messages saying when are you guys coming back when are you guys going to have a conversation well we haven't heard what you have to say about this. I've had a few people DM me and some people even text me about it. So I felt like, you know, this time, I mean, we tried earlier, but it's just, it's heavy. It's heavy time, you know? So I don't know. I was just telling Jackie that I feel like right now things are kind of, I'm, I feel like this week was a little bit of an e uh, easier week to, you know, mm -hmm. start a conversation, you know, because I just felt like there was just so, too much happening that I wanted to really just kind of listen and see what what's really what's happening in terms of like political what's happening corporately and just all these different things so we're gonna have a couple things we have a lot to talk about I first want to talk to you guys about you know what you're what you've been doing during this quarantine how have you guys been you know making life work <laughs> I'll let Jackie go first that's just so much <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's go ahead Jack I didn't know that you guys hadn't recorded for quite some time. So yeah. I'm like, I'm excited to hear your updates too. Mm -hmm. um, me, I've been, I mean, I'm working remotely, which is, I think, a blessing, you know. Okay. I'm grateful for that. I know a lot of people aren't afforded that. Um, so I've been working remotely, doing a lot of stuff around civic engagement, um, advocacy stuff. Uh, the primaries, you know, happened this week. So I was doing a lot of organizing around that. Um, also census stuff, which is super important. So my work primarily is like also thinking of ways we can uh, get people more civically engaged, you know, in a time of crisis. Um, had an event recently with the borough president of the Bronx and the speaker of the assembly on it and just working with partners throughout the city doing um, volunteer work as well. And then on a personal note, I think I've been running like crazy. Trying to like, and she means running. She means like, like outside running. Like, yeah, like, not running for office. No, just <laughs> running, running. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. Um, no, but running a lot, biking a lot, trying to keep myself like mentally sane. I do get a little stir crazy being in the house a lot. Um, I'm taking my first trip next week, and I'm a little nerve nerve. Like Ooh. I'm nervous about it. I know. Where, Where are you going? going? I'm going to Puerto. I know. I'm going to Puerto Rico. Oh, and okay. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bit nervous about it, I, I must admit. Um, I was supposed to go to Arizona. I had to cancel that because the numbers oh. there are just, it's insane. Totally. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that's what I've been doing, is trying to organize, still get people excited about stuff because a lot of the, the processes, like the, you know, with the voting, we saw a lot of shakeups with the primaries um, and mm -hmm. then census stuff is super, super important. I'm worried about redistricting and funding yeah. and getting people to fill it out. New York has a really low response rate. So just fill out your census if you haven't. <laughs> I did. I did. Good. Yeah. <laughs> How are you, Nora? Um, I'm, I'm with Jackie. I mean, you know, working from home remotely, thank goodness. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I work harder from home than I did in the office. As, right? I've been hearing a lot of that. <laughs> oh it's like, God. you're living at work now. Um, mm-hmm. And just trying to keep my sanity. You know, I, I don't work out at all. I don't do anything physical. I just lay. <laughs> I was going on walks and then I got scared again. So I was like, you know what? Never mind. Um, so I'm, I'm probably one of the extremist scary people. Um, mm. So really just trying to like stay healthy. And for a mm-hmm. long time, my mom was here. So I was super cautious of living with one of our elders and taking care of them. And I think that just stayed with me. Um, mm-hmm. I've been doing Zoom and, and IG comedy shows and, you know, trying to keep my mental right. What about you? Um, I Same thing, uh, working from, you know, like working and eating and sleeping and then working and eating and sleeping. And then I just said, you know, in like the mid-May, I was like, okay, I got to work out because like soon they're going to have to like, get me on the TLC and I'm going to be like my 300, my 500 pound life. I was like, I don't want to be like, I don't, I don't want to be, I don't want to be on that, on that show. So let me start at least like going for these like five mile walks. I haven't gotten to like the running, like I, I might jog a little bit, but I'm really just trying to be consistent with walking. So I've been doing that every day for like four miles, between four and five miles a day. And that's been very helpful just for energy. Like, I just feel like my energy is like up, you know. The, do you run with your mask, Jackie? Or do you? I do. I do okay. maintain social distance too. When Like distancing when I run. I try to be really cognizant of that. Um, even though like I run in Central Park and it's crazy. But it is hard to run with a mask. It is, I'm not going to lie. Well, you might see me like with the chin guard. Like remember when Cuomo yeah, like, chin straps out. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not gonna lie, I try my best though. I really do, but it is hard to run with the mask on. Yeah. Oh. I no. ride my bike a lot, and oh, I gotta say, God. I do. I do ride my bike. Um, I do something, but mm-hmm. it's hard with the mask. It's super mm-hmm. hard. It's hard yeah. to breathe. So I yeah. I, I don't know how long we're gonna have to do this, but I mean, I'm trying. I mean, doctors and nurses do it, so I'm assuming that you know they've found like because i have a friend that's a nurse um and she was saying that she when she gets out of work she doesn't have to keep her mask on <laughs> yeah. oh, man. she's like so like, she doesn't wear it <laughs> she's like i'm not wearing it i'll be going in and out of like going to the liquor store now they have to so she'll put it on for a second and then she's just like she's just so it's like it's over it's overboard and she's she's in she was in um the the, the hot zone in um uh westchester so she oh, wow. it. she saw it really really she's part good. of the problem yeah no like- <laughs> no no no, no, no. <laughs> she went to the liquor store after work I- yes right you over myself. here working with covid patients and not wearing a mask you the main one supposed to have on a mask ma'am <laughs> i don't want to tell you what she told me about like some of these like death certificates she says there's some shadiness happening like if you, if you were, yeah, there's a lot of markups for, you know, mm. I think, you know, everybody kind of had the COVID sticker on. It was just weird that they started to notice that, like, it didn't matter what was, you know, what this person, oh, this person died of cardiac arrest, COVID. Yeah, you know? I was reading a report on that, that the, that's how the that, numbers are spiking up. A lot of yep. people are saying that they, this is why the political, I think some of the discord has happened too around this is because yeah. the way that they, like, are qualifying like death, the type of death, yeah. and just attributing it to COVID, even though yeah. it might not even be related. Um, right. That, that's, that's interesting. 
It's like we don't even know what to trust anymore. But yeah. anyway, let's let's That's get into some part, politics. Yeah. yeah, let's get into some politics. So first con- first topic I had. Um, so we so like I noticed, you know, 2014 Black Lives Matter was like the worst you said that it's like saying your mother's a bitch like that's what it was that's what it felt like it was like horrible to say black lives matter for for particular specifically for white people <laughs> that's who who really were offended by it but the i see the shift you know and i think that it's important to um kind of just talk about i want to know what you guys think the shift has been like and I, we, we do know we can attribute it to Ahmaud Arbery's um, passing, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, and Rashad Brooks um, having the public um, response. Um, but I really wanna know how you think as a whole, um, how has Black Lives Matter movement um, affected society? In, and then there's just so much. I mean, I, I think we should just, I'd like to hear your breakdown or however you guys feel about it. It's a lot to unpack. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think I would say that to me, it shows the power um, of the people and being able to organize. I think it was, I don't want to say a joke in 2014, but people looked at it as like this radical thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, these women stayed true who founded it um, and kept pushing through. And, you know, I think now it's become a real political movement in addition to, you know, a Black Lives, um, Black power movement because that is essentially what it is and i think that frightens people still today Mm -hmm. um but i think people recognize that if you don't get on board with this is there are consequences so Mm -hmm. everyone's kind of also recognizing their own issues and not wanting to be caught out there right Mm -hmm. and so also getting behind it i wonder how much of this is trendy and how Mm -hmm. much of this is really going to maintain um a real presence that's going to impact policy decisions um, and politics for years to come. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think that's my only concern. But right now, I'm just so proud of the way that it's evolved over time, quite honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, they raise money. They they raise a lot of money. So they raise a lot. And I'm like, where does it go? Well, we didn't get into the money yet. Yeah. What do you mean? We can talk about that. I mean, because you're saying, because, you know, I just want to kind of just, I'm going to check and let you talk, but I just wanted to, the fact that you're saying you want to see what it, like, what it's going to do. I mean, they, once you raise money, now you have. Well, they're not a 501c3. So that was interesting for me to hear and that they're under another organization and I forget the name right now. Uh, No. um, But this organization, this umbrella organization that they're under is a 501c3. That's not good. And it's all about racial justice. But then to me, that was, that was also a little tricky, right? And it just, I don't know necessarily if it means the money is funny. I just think that there needs to be more transparency with how this money is being spent, where it's going, where are our dollars going. Um, For all of the organizations under the Black Lives Matter kind of umbrella that we've been funneling money to, what's happening, right? (laughs) So uh, I, I would like to know, but I don't think we're there yet, quite honestly. I don't think they're ready for that conversation. Yeah, that's, that's next. You know that because in a couple months that'll gonna come up. Saying, they're going to be saying this money went, you know, and we already know how that works. So I'm hoping that they, pro- I just hope that they get the right people in place. Like we need the like the you know running a, a nonprofit. There's you know there's certain structure that you have to follow. So I hope mm-hmm. that they get that that foundation that support because you know you're getting this money 
people believe in you. It's now it's time to, you know, make a difference. But Jackie, what were you thinking? I, I'd love to hear. They, they're getting a lot of money. I've seen like corporations mm -hmm. making massive donations. Um, <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I, I think that I haven't heard anything about like misuse of funds or anything like that. But I do think yeah. to your point, Kirsten, like I would, I hope that they get some like advisors on how to like actually allocate that money and like mm -hmm. I want to see what what it goes to um, mm -hmm. to help the black community specifically. Um, to your earlier question, what the difference is, I think now um, is just I think people just said enough is enough. Like in 2014, and I remember I went to Ferguson. Um, and I protested, I was a part, like, I was into it. So like, I think that mm -hmm. it depending on who you ask, like the question is gonna be different. Like Black Lives Matter was always like a movement for me and the people that were in my circles, right? Mm -hmm. And then when I started to move in my career, especially working in education, I didn't realize how politicized something so simple, like you would think ideologically, the term. like, yeah, Black <laughs> Lives Matter, like we, really, like, we really arguing this in 2014. Right. <laughs> but then I realized, <laughs> No, I like I really realized just how political I, I remember being in Memphis. I was living in Memphis, um, went to St. Louis and I was just like, Oh, this is like a thing. Like this did like you know, and I and that also is attributed to like where I think you live as well. I think in New York there's like somewhat of a bubble here. Mm -hmm. Um, that's a whole other combo. But I think people just said enough is enough watching a man be murdered on camera and having mm. a white officer put his knee in his neck for over eight minutes, eight minutes and 46 seconds, and watching this man, watching George Floyd scream out for his deceased mother. I mean, it, I think it pulled at the heartstrings of so many people. There's just no way to hide this. There's no excuses that can be made. And then I think coupled with a lot of other things too, I just think in this COVID world that we're living in, people don't have sports, people don't have distractions. People right. are going stir crazy, they're unemployed. Um, and I think it's right in front of your face and there's just no distraction. And, you know, I, I, it's kind of a, I'm happy that people are riled up and I'm seeing pro I, I met with someone yesterday. It was a protest here in Harlem and they said they protest every day. They, they start at um, Washington yeah. Square Park. Well, they start at different places, but mainly Washington Square Park and they march every day. Um, I helped to plan one march um, with my church and a lot of other faith-based organizations in New York, including Hillsong, The Gathering, Harlem, and some elected oh, officials. It, it was really nice. And I just, it's a, it's a shift though in this movement. It's just like so many people coming together. And I think it's spurred like a lot by like younger people that are just like, this is crazy, you know? Um, so I think that's the difference. I do worry to Nora's point though, that it's like trendy. Um, I see a lot of people I'm not gonna lie that I know that ain't about that life. Like they, you know, Facts. they'll post it on their social media. And, and I, I will tell you, these are like, I don't wanna say like, these are so Are these black people? These are black no, people? they're not, oh. they're not necessarily, oh. no, no, they're not, not. they're non-black people. Okay. I mean, I've seen it from both, but. I've seen it from both. Oh, you've seen it from both? Okay. And I'm I just like, young. I'm like, what is this? It's like, it's cool now to post it and, or to post like memes and stuff like that. Like, mm -hmm. But I've seen people become very activated in real ways. And I'm just assuming positive intent um, yes. from these people, because that's all I can do. I have no control it, over it. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I do worry that it's becoming so like commonplace, like the term itself, that is just like a trend and a hashtag. And I'm, I'm hoping that people continue though, because Yesterday, there was a huge um, rally at City Hall. Mm -hmm. um, they said like thousands of people came out. And so I don't think these protests will stop. 
Oh, um, you know, I didn't see that. I didn't see where I didn't even see the new. I didn't see that on the new. Yeah, it was Occupy City Hall, and it oh. was a friend of mine who works actually. I want to say he's not in NYPD. He might be in NYPD. I'm not sure, but he was. He sent me a whole bunch of pictures, but it was it was on social media, but thousands of people saying that they're calling to defund um, NYPD. So they were at City Hall. And I think that they're going to be there every day. <laughs> so um, I, I just want to respond to some of what Jackie is saying, um, mm -hmm. if I may, just because. So, okay, I agree. Well, first, let me back up. BLM, um, the organization, I found the name, it's called Thousand Currents. Um, mm -hmm. So that is the 501c3 that they are under. Um, and they're a left-of-center grant-making organization that provides financial assistance to left-leaning projects, organizations, and activists. So um, I guess maybe prior to 2020, you know, Black Lives Matter probably didn't have the financial support that they needed um, and used Thousand Currents, I guess, as their umbrella 501c3, and they're kind of looking to them as their conduit. So that's something we can look into further um, and something we should definitely be holding. We should look into that organization and see where what they do with, with holding funds. folks accountable for sure. Yeah, yeah. And then to Jackie's point, like, I'm with you. You know, I was out there in 2014. I remember marching to the Staten Island Ferry for Eric Garner. Mm -hmm. um, I just remember shutting down the highways and the streets and, like, you know, there were positive, there were negative responses. It was crazy. I remember sleeping in Ducati Park um, back in 2013, I think, for the Occupy Wall Street movement um, when we were fighting against the one percenters. And so this has been a movement that's going on. I think something I struggled with was like seeing all these new faces kind of jump in, not even young, but like my peers mm. who have been absent for a long mm -hmm. time. Um, and now they've been activated. And so I'm leaning towards believing, you know, positivity and that they've just been activated through this horrific murder. Um, but at the same time, I'm side-eyeing the trendiness of it all, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then I think the death of George Floyd, something me and my dad were talking about was just like, why this one? Why, why was George Floyd the yes. one? Because we've seen a number of murders, right? But I think the difference is we've grown as Americans desensitized to murders um, by police weapons, right? Whether it's a, a gun or a taser, we've kind of grown used to that. We see it on TV and violence a lot, gun violence is very normal to us but seeing a knee you know on a neck and seeing that Ooh. happen in real time and just Ooh. one physical body on another impacted us differently right because and, and, and him, him actually being tortured basically being right. tortured to death right so you see that you're watching someone be tortured and it's another man you know grown man that you can see he's not fighting back he's not punching he's literally just Nothing. begging for his life he's handcuffed he's He's telling, yeah, he's handcuffed. Oh my God, he's handcuffed. He's asking for he, a breath. He's saying, I cannot breathe. Said it 16 times. So mm -hmm. people just, it's like, you can't, it's a, it's, I don't know if you've watched the full eight minutes. I can't watch that I full not. eight. I, I, I haven't. Will not, I will no. not watch that. But um, from people who have watched it, it's, they say it's like, it's traumatic to just see that, you know? And yeah. And some Americans, and, and I want to talk to this point because like you said, you know, you're noticing that people haven't been um, involved, you know, in the past. Like, I feel like I was, I was too involved before people were even involved. I was Sean Bell. I was, you know, mm -hmm. there for, I was, you know, back in the day when I was coming home from college, I was marching. I was doing, like, I've always felt the need to march for all these different protests. And I started to feel apathetic about it because I started to see like, well, what's changing with the police? Like, is police brutality just going to be here to stay? Like, 
you know, the Women's March. We marched and we did, it was so many people and, and, and the, you know, and, and even the kids from um, Parkland who marched and tried to get mm-hmm. gun laws. Like what's, what, what's happening? What, what we haven't, we still have not, we still haven't met with um, the fact that um, pol- politicians don't hear us. They, they see us, but they don't really hear us, right? And um, uh, and then one of the co-founders, or not a co-founder, because the co-founders are black of Black Lives Matter, the women, but one of the chapter leaders, I think it um, from New York, yeah. he was interviewed by um, a correspondent and Fox News, and she basically, you know, met with the first thing is how is violence going to be? You know, you're being the you're you're advocating for violence, and and you know how is that going to get your answer? And he says, you know what? First of all, like he kind of like checked her like relax first you know you you know this country don't come tell me about violence when this country (laughs) is based on didn't the didn't we fight off the british people wasn't that violent the american revolution wasn't you know don't we go and fight and put bombs on vietnam and all these different countries and take over different you know um or um governments that we don't agree with and then we put in the, the politician that we we side with that's democratic um, so you're going to ask me, why am I advocating for, or not? And he wasn't really advocating. He's saying mm. that we're going to have to use this type of, we're going to have to use force if you're not hearing us. And he, he, he also liked it. He, he used the example of the 1960 civil rights. He said that mm. when people started looting, that's when laws were made. I don't know if I agree with that. I do feel like I personally think that that was his, his reason for it. Um, I think that when people started boycotting and you and you had people that basically affected like the bus system like mm-hmm. for a year where black people were just walking every day and said you know what we're not gonna take the bus and you're gonna lose money and then they realized okay we gotta stop because right. they need their money you know like this is this is gotta stop okay come on let's just let's give them what they want and I feel like we haven't gotten to that point. And what keeps happening is these bo- these protests and the you know the vandalism, the looting, all that stuff. And I hate talking about it because I think it's just a distraction. Because technically, these are just people who are. First of all, you have to we have to put in we have to say one thing that I feel like people don't say enough. You've had people home for over three months. Like right. people are upset. They don't yeah. have jobs. Some kids yeah. were supposed to have like their summer youth jobs that they don't right. have. They work at like the mall they can't work there and now you're upset that they can't that they're 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 angry and they're they're pulling they're going and buying or not buying but they're taking sneakers like who cares you have insurance like at the end of the day fix the problem these people don't want to you know you think people woke up in the morning and decided this is going to be the i'm going to just go loot you know what i mean there's there's problems that we need to fix and you know i say this rant by saying are we is what's going to be done like is is black lives matter movement like where does it where does it actually meet with the actual lawmakers and it actually changes into policies Mm -hmm. and we actually have like measurable, not these reforms, these police reforms that are just tokenisms for us. Like when is it actually measurable? I mean, I don't know. What do you guys think? I think New York, I will say, I know the the last slew of uh, police reform legislation that was passed, in, in full transparency, and I, I, you know, I've spoken to some of the legislators that have worked on those thing, on those bills. Mm-hmm. Um, those were years in the making. Like I yeah. don't think I like 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 the repeat this com these conversations. It was just an article in Politico yesterday about the uh, Senate leader and the Assembly leader in New York. Like these conversations were had in like early two thousand. Like 
you know, so legislation, I, I do, I think people mm -hmm. do need to ground themselves a little bit in reality um, yeah. when it comes to like le how legislation is passed because help lobbyists talk, talk. Yeah, I'm like, that's it, that's it. <laughs> yeah, because I'm like, you know, I like Ramarley Graham, you were talking about it, Kirsten. Like, we, the, New York is not new to like these kinds of like murders at the hands of I'm police. I'm a new Diallo. Right. I'm a right, Diallo. Right. There was just recently, like, I mean, we these happen all the time and i think like our legislators have been advocating i will say and i think new york is taking a stance it's just very nuanced and complicated i do think that the protests have been beneficial in kind of being a catalyst like in terms of like working across the aisle um in the legislature right like like people were talking about it like this time republicans yeah. were like yeah let's go for it like enough is enough you know and the dems have the senate now and right the, and the dems so. and country yeah so it's like I think people do need to be a little bit grounded in that. I will say that, but I, I don't think people should be casualties to like trash policy. So mm -hmm. I think our legislators need to be held accountable as well. But I think a big part of it too is us as, as citizens, like making these demands collective, collectively and having strategic plans. And that's why I say with Black Lives Matter, and I think the difference between like the 60s, right? And like the civil rights movement, like that wasn't organized. I think people really fail to understand just the level of organization that went into that. It was like, what, 382 days for the Montgomery bus boycott, right? So it was a long haul. Wow. Um, and like, people don't know, like there were like geniuses, like, you know, SNCC, you had like Rosa Parks, like her narrative has been completely, completely like, I think whitewashed yeah. and like she was a private investigator that went down to really <laughs> investigate like the, the rapes of like black women in the deep south and like it was her it was lawyers it was faith leaders it was like there was a strategic plan and like my mm -hmm. only concern is what is the who are the entities or what is the entity rather um that is propelling like a progressive and I use that in air quotes black agenda <laughs> like because and um nicole hannah jones just had a, a story featured in the times like reform is not enough we need economic like the black community needs yep. more we need reparations I, I don't know how much more like right now is the time on the federal level where we need to be advocating for that and mm -hmm. you know we need to demand that as a community but like where's the agenda even like the black panthers like they had a list of demands like you know these are organized movements that people need to understand. So who is at the, the forefront and in the background kind of creating that? And that's my concern with like- Technically that's the Democratic Party. I don't think it can be. I don't no. think that. I don't think that it should be. <laughs> no, no I, I don't. I don't think that it should be. I don't think it that should. it is. No. I think it, it needs to be a separate yeah, organization or groups or whatever that come together and coalesce and think about what exactly do we need in this moment in time as a black as the for the black community to help ameliorate you know disparities when it comes to economic progression education reform when it comes to housing i mean all of these policies that we see that impact the black community adversely they need to be attacked right in this moment and and us as citizens you know, and, you know, living in these communities, we do need to come together and organize and demand these on all levels of government too. Cause a lot of people are like, oh, the federal, you know, like, oh, in November, that's what, you know, that's what I'm going for. I'm like, you need to be voting right. in every election. Right. You need to be going and going to, I go to my assembly member's office and I talk to him. I go to um, my council, my council members, are, like 
but we need to like come together and really think about what it is um, for the black community that we need now, because I don't really care what the gap has to say about Black Lives Matter. I don't care what Target has, to, like, I don't care about the corporate. Let's talk about it. Talk about it. I mean, it. That, everywhere it. you go, it's like, we care about black lives, but like, we're paying, Netflix like- Netflix does, Amazon like, does. Your board is not diverse. <laughs> You, you know, what do you no. know for the black community? No, so, not a daggone thing. Well, let's, okay, but we have to, okay, so we recognize we're, we're, we're okay. We would be so remiss. If I, we would be remiss if we do not at least recognize the fact that these corporations are, are finally empowering the movement. Just the, like you, you they, you know how important. A, a, in a, language. A, in just, yeah, in language, in influence, the fact that a co corporations as big as a Netflix, Amazon, Nike, Adidas, everybody's saying Black Lives Matter, that helps. That I know we feel, and I, I know people are feeling that it's like, oh, they're just co-opting the the, the 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 movement and they're just using it for dollars. But it's almost like I know the power in my business when a brand gets behind a client of mine and what it can do an artist, a talent, mm. I know it's the same situation with this movement. What it does is we're lending our influence, our name, our, our trust in this movement. We're saying, because not only are we saying the term, because Black Lives Matter is a term, we believe in it, we're mm -hmm. also saying that this is reputable, believe them. This is what it's doing. So white, that's why white America is like, so huffing and puffing, they're so upset because they're like all their comp, like their their safe places. This is where I go to watch sports. This is where I go. That's why they hated mm -hmm. Kaepernick mm -hmm. so much because NFL is their place. You're making of it political, right? Yeah. Ma right. And 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 you're and yeah, they're making it political. You're making right. it political, but in the sense that they're they're also giving it um, they're they're legitimacy, also legitimacy, exactly. To white people, not to to white people, not to us. We we. Right. <laughs> We know, but we, we've been trying. I to guess it's it. hard, it's hard to accept, and I have so many responses, okay. I'm bursting at the seams, but for okay. the corporate thing, it's hard to, to accept that because these are also people that appropriate our everything, mm -hmm. right? Okay. So at the Gap also putting out like, get fleek with this new hoodie, you know what <laughs> I mean? Like all this ridiculous, right. and we're not credited for any of it. And so now it feels like, oh, here you are putting Black Lives Matter, and I agree for the elevation and awareness and, you know, constantly making it an issue that now we're holding their feet to the fire, right? Because um, mm -hmm. they don't want to lose those coins. But at the same time, it also just feels like, all right, you gonna really be riding with us or are you just gonna do this collab with Yeezy and think that that's gonna, you know, satisfy The CEO is an American woman. She's a person of color, the CEO of Old Navy. Girl, that don't mean nothing to me. Cause we all buy into- She's a person. But it's, I mean, I feel like we Because we are talking about black issues. We're not talking about people of color issues. We're talking about being very black. Yes. capital B. And that's where I feel like we start to kind of, you know, dilute yeah, ourselves we, for them. Yeah. Right. Um, and that scares me a little bit. You know what I mean? And I think also like to the earlier point about what we need to do um, legislatively, I'm torn, right? Because I hmm. am a lobbyist and I know how legislation works. But at the same time, I'm also kind of feeling like, am I using my imagination to its fullest degree? Right? Hmm. Like, are we really thinking about imaginative ways to have safety in our communities, to be able to police ourselves um, and not just continuously go based on reform and what we know to be true mm -hmm. for the past 200 years. What's next? You know, let's think about being um, futuristic 
black people and what does that look like and i don't think that we've been allowed to use our imagination in that way ever and so wow. now we're having Fair. to really ask ourselves like because there's a lot of fear you know what mm -hmm. i mean and that's how they use well that's what they use to control us mm -hmm. right um we live in a capitalist world right and so we have to address capitalism if we're going to talk about black issues if we're going to talk about reparations if we're going to talk about that we weren't allowed to have housing rights until 52 years ago both of my parents weren't allowed to own property when they were born so it's like when you start to put that stuff contextualized and really mm -hmm. start to see the intersectionality across all of it we need something entirely different that we've never even thought of before. And that's right. where I feel like, to Jackie's point, we need leadership in that way that we just don't have right now. We don't. Mm -hmm. And it can't be Reverend Al Sharpton. Like, every <laughs> <laughs> hey, nothing, I have no, let me tell you she something. Had to I, say it. I have no problem with the Reverend, but come on. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna leave it. It can't be D Ray either. It can't, it can't be D Ray. Be D -Ray. It, oh my God, zero, no. campaign zero. No, like, no. I want exactly. no part of your campaign zero. And okay. it can't be Sean King either. Like that's no. all. Like it I want to hear. Okay, we we we. I want to hear who 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 do you guys think? Who is who are we putting? You, Jackie. Okay. I want to see y'all. Jackie would be. You know great. what I mean? I want to see think... you guys. Yeah. At the table. I'm just do a podcast and we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> And I'll donate, girl, but... <laughs> but I agree with you, Nora, on on that point, is that I worry, even in the conversations that I'm seeing being had, like, starting, the, like, a lot of the Black leaders that are being propelled are, like, Twitter superstar, and I have nothing against these people, but again, it's rooted, I think, in, like, this weird count like white supremacist kind of narrative of like they have to be highly educated you know what mm -hmm. i mean like mm -hmm. uh highly educated they they're, they're writing for multiple you know publications and they speak a certain way and yeah you know and i've been grappling with that like i've gone to an ivy league institution like i you Same. know but i but like i also understand i've been doing community organizing for quite some time and like i was just yesterday handing out food at the polo grounds right and like the women. Ooh, the, the polo grounds, girl. They don't know. If y'all don't know what the polo grounds oh, yeah. is, listen. Yeah. <laughs> that was my first time there. And I, you know, and I went there with the assembly, my assembly member, Al Taylor, and we handed out food. And the two women that organized this, one is the president of the tennis association, is, a, you know, obviously a resident there. These women, older women organized a delivery system. They got donations. They advocated to get donations since March every day for the residents of the Polo Browns. Wow. Um, they created a whole delivery system, right? Like, I mean, these are the people I think that need to have a seat at the table as well. Wow. And, and, and you know, and that's my whole thing, even like in the work that I'm doing now. And I think I had to step back myself because I was like, why do we always let other people come in, in into our communities and tell us like this paternalistic kind of um, yep. view of like what we should be doing. We have examples when you look at Tulsa, you know, and Black Wall Street. Like, it's not like we don't know how to do these things. It's just we have been literally like domestic terrorism was like the root of like ending that. But like, we have literally, we have examples. We know how to do this stuff. It's just we need the resources. And I think mm -hmm. I, I worry about that too, is like, I don't want this narrative to be like, this is the type of black person that can only speak to these black issues right and like, i see a ooh. lot of that on twitter i see a yes. lot of shaming and i went to the ivy leagues but i guess i've always credited myself with being able to talk to my local crackhead okay and in yes. the boardroom because yes. we need a, we need everybody honey okay we, we need do. everybody and 
and you got to be able to communicate. And there's this, there's this elitism that's kind of leading us like, oh, you haven't read this book, this book, this book, this yep. book. Girl, if you haven't read this, then that gives you all the directions you need for the revolution. And it's like, listen, y'all not understanding. You preaching to the choir. We have to reach the people at the bottom, bottom. We have to yep. reach the people that are looting. Why? Why are they looting? Where is this desperation coming from? Why are they, you know, busting fireworks, which we know there's been a lot of conspiracy <laughs> theories, okay? Yeah. But Let's, why yeah. is that the case, you know? And really think about what not having a summer job means. It's yeah. not just not being able to buy Jordan. Sometimes it means not being able to have lights and water. So, mm -hmm. like, we have to talk about the economic disparities and we have mm -hmm. to remove our elitism as Democrats. Yes. We just lean into right? Uh -huh. Because that's something we have learned to kind of give us legitimacy as Black people. Well, I went to this and I got this degree and I read this book. So you, now you guys can trust me and know what I'm talking about. Like, that's what we have to move away from. And that, exactly. you know, that's a long road. And, long and road. I will say, let me, I just want to say this because you just got me hyped with that. Norm, because <laughs> and this is why, like with the Dem Party, I, I will, I'm a registered Democrat. Like, I'm not going to be out there like attacking the Dem Party like that. But like, even within the Democratic Party, and I'll, I'll silo it here to New York State, what I'm seeing happening with these far left progressive groups, I wrote a whole little thing on my Instagram yesterday because I am, you know, registered with the Justice Democrats, right? Like, like I get their emails, right? I'm on their listservs. Why are you blasting seven times in one day for me to donate $5 to your camp? Like, I got so annoyed i'm like post-election and i get it it's campaign dead and you got to raise money the milk but the way that i think that they're targeting low-income people and then positing it as like oh we have the masses that like back us i'm like the same kind of tactics like but i don't see anybody you think so? you I you think so. You don't I think, think it's just emailing somebody asking them for ten dollars a day that doesn't they have all do it seven times in one day it's a little right. bit to me it's it's awkward i, I was a little I, bit upset by that but like, I I with, but that's with, just with not, i mean that's Democrats, just yeah, yeah the democrat they need they need funding because republicans are they are ramping up they are no, they've i got agree i agree but then so don't attack gotta, we, don't attack each other then because that's another right. thing too within the democratic party is we're so busy fighting one another in the democrat like now i see a lot of the far i know i'm going to spark some some cores here but like a lot of the far left progressives are now going for like cbc people the congressional black caucus members i saw on twitter, <laughs> ah, I saw on twitter because it's a death trap for me but like they're like oh i keep like after that ingle and bowman race that was the mm -hmm. big one in district new york congressional district 16 where mm -hmm. they're like oh you know all of them endorse all the cbc endorse ingle you know and i'm like hey like that was a decision that was made old school stuff whatever but like why do we attack one another when we have to really be strategic but also who is leading that who is leading the Thank justice you. democrats are there Who's black people in leadership no, there no Thank no you. black so, and they're all ivy educated they go into communities i don't see people of color on their them out. <laughs> and i'm sick of it i am i will say i am sick of it i am yeah. sick of them using uh, tokenizing black people yep. in a way that is not beneficial. Meanwhile, on the back end, they're running their progressive agendas that are not reflective of the communities that they're going to. I don't all. think just And they're not including us. We're not making those decisions. We're not in that room. Instead, we are their warriors and their soldiers. And yep. they use us and tell us this is what to say, this is what yep. you do. But we're not helping, you know, inform the decision making around these policies. They went and knocked on the doors of these council members, Danny Drum, who is a white gay council member who mm -hmm. I adore personally, 
worked mm-hmm. for personally and know he is one of the most progressive allies that we have. And right. yet you have people coming here from Ohio and everywhere else, you know, really taking over this movement and yep. using this momentum to get their own policies pushed and their own agenda pushed without really including us in that nope. decision making process. So we just have to be a lot smarter. And yep. I think it's hard because with social media, we copy and paste, copy and paste, retweet, repost. And mm-hmm. we're not thinking about really who is managing all of this. Who's right. managing the left? Well, there's no, I mean, this, we're Who's in the beginning. Nobody. We're nobody. in the beginning. But you, you, we're, you, we're in the beginning of this all. Like this, we, it just, this started in like, Memorial sorry, we just went off. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Don't forget. We, we lost the chair of a major committee. Like we lost, I mean, like people gotta really think about the implications too of certain things. And I'm not endorsing any candidate or I, I, I no. you're not, you will not hear that from me. But I will say is that people look like like in this social media world that we live in, it's like it's easy to get click, you know, get sound bites from people, right? And, and think that they're for us and they're not. With that seat, we lost the the chair of the foreign affairs committee, right? Yeah. That's gonna affect the funding. Let's not even talk about redistricting. Yeah. Right. Like people are like, oh, this person's been in office for 30 some years. Let's and again, I'm not endorsing. But or, I'll be honest. Like I'll be honest. We do need a shift in this. We've had we these do. people sitting. I mean, who's your who's your city council in Harlem? Is it still? I have Bill I Perkins. I Bill Perkins. Oh, I'm gonna leave it there. Bill Perkins. Bill Perkins. <laughs> so I'm just gonna say, and I, like that, like how long? I mean, is that 25 years now? Like, yeah. We're, like, I think it's we're we're the the progressive movement under in the Democratic Party is tired, is sick and tired, right? And yes, we, what I think what we're saying here is that we all need to speak the same language, but there's still like people that are in this party that are not even being heard, that are like, oh, just sit down, wait your turn. And then right. let's, we know how to, we know how to handle this. Don't worry. We know how to deal with the, the Republicans. We know how to right. pass things. And it's just the same thing. And it's honestly, yeah. it's just pushing the status quo. That's all. That's, I, that's I really what you. politics technically yeah. is. So we want stuff now, and then our generation is really generation, the millennials and the Zs, they're the ones that are gonna change this, this system. I really believe that. I believe that what we've been able to do, like just like this Tulsa, Oklahoma rally that the Gen Z did, like <laughs> yes. how they like- Come on, got, TikTokers. Oh, <laughs> God, just, I love, I, I watched the video, some of the videos, you have some girls like, I can't believe it worked. They're like, I can't believe it worked. Yeah. No, I, I loved it, I love it. It's but like, I guess, it just I, shows you. Yeah. They're like, they're not, we're, not, we're not organized now, because this, this would have been a great way to really organize it and really like, how do we know, let's organize. All right, we'll have the Gen Z's doing it. We'll have this, we'll have that. We'll have our attorneys working on, you know, legislation, we'll have it. Like, but we're, it's so new right now that we need to kind of get our bearings. And I think like you said to your point, it takes some time to actually even come up with proper legislation. It could be another five years, 10 years from now until we really have something that's meaningful. But we can't but, lose the power that we do have and how mm-hmm. do we move our current sitting Dems, right, yep. including Black members, to get more to the left and become more progressive, right? How right. do we help to engage them versus totally attack. canceling them? Yeah, I well, agree with it's that. It's not even just attack. It's like we, we need it's we need new blood. Like I think that mm. it's almost like you know, and I, I we're jumping. I, I would jump into. I guess I could jump into this um, next topic um, about symbolism. Um, one of the one of the questions I had about is about the statues that you see that are being taken down, right? Mm-hmm. And I wondered, I said to myself, it's so interesting that, you know, 
they want to take down all these statues now. You have Pelosi talking about, you know, in this, in the congressional office, she wants to take out these paintings, she wants to take out these statues. And I say to myself, mm -hmm. Pelosi's been, uh, she's been in government for maybe 40 years. You know, she's mm -hmm. been a congresswoman for well over 30 years. Do you mean to tell me that today she decided that it's now offensive? That today she looked up at it and said, that's pretty, that's pretty offensive. We need to take that down. So my, my question to you is, are these things like, are these people even in the right place? Because I feel like those things to me are just symbols. Like that it's, it's more symbolic to take it down. I think it, I think there is something to say about the fact that it might have meaningful impact in some first next generation. People won't see this statue of a slave trader or, or some, a statue of a general that wanted to keep, um, that was for the South and the Confederates. Um, so I'm just, I guess I'm asking a couple things in one, but my, my thing is people like Pelosi, people that are in the Democratic Party, who, again, I, I tip my hat off to the work she's done. I can't totally say she's horrible. However, you've been here. Maybe it's time for you to sit this one out and let's get these people with these, that have these, that are bubbling and have voices. Let's give them a chance because it's time to, we need people that are more progressive. They were progressive in their time. Now there aren't. I mean, I mean, what do you guys think? <laughs> I'm, I'm torn. I, I, I think, you know, it's hard again, imagination, right? And so you look at all these symbols and these statues that we have up. I just read something where they're like, oh, we're going to get rid of all the schools named after Woodrow Wilson because of his racist policies. I'm like, well, throw the whole country away, honey. Like what? Like everyone is racist. We're talking Bush. You know, like, yeah. I read a meme that was like, oh my God. Get rid of all your cash because they're all racist presidents and send it to me. Okay. Yeah, because exactly. <laughs> like, it's what just are we like, saying? That we can't I escape it. And this is BS to me because it's yeah. like, instead of actually addressing how we got here, what okay. this country means, right? And the racism that's in the fabric of this country, how we became the superpower we did by free labor, you just want to take down a statue. That's not enough. You know what I mean? And it's just, it means nothing to me. It means nothing. The only okay. reason why it means something is because it means something to the racist, you know, people who have some sort of like ideology behind this statue. That makes me want to take it down. But outside <laughs> of that, like, you know, I, it's Was it, just symbolic. Yeah, I agree. And, but then can you speak to the, like Nancy Pelosi oh, now? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> wanting to Listen, now see I, it I, as... I worked for fine you know what I mean? Like I worked Another one. <laughs> on the Hill with some of these leaders who I don't want to discredit the work that they were able to do, right? In a very yeah. real way. But yeah. again, I don't think, how can we expect one person to like dismantle racism in right. this country and stand out and be that lone shark? Like they're gonna totally not get reelected. What about that? They're not gonna have any fundraising. They're not gonna right. have any money. So I think like at some point we have to address how we fundraise and mm. like what the impact of having term limits means um, when we're talking about our politicians. At the end of the day, they're gonna choose what's gonna get me elected, mm -hmm. period. Yep, right? So yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't think that it should be on these like elected officials and legislators to like be the voice of like dismantling white supremacy. Like it, it, 
it's just, we need to really have conversations as to, like Nora said, how we got to this place. We're gonna have to throw everything away. Like everything's gonna have to be canceled. Like everything is rooted in white supremacy everything. in America. That is what it is. Can I, can I just say one thing? I'm sorry to cut you off, but can I just say one thing? You know, um, this is for you, Nora. You know how our conservative um, co-host, whenever he, he talks about, um, the Democratic Party, he brings up the Democrats were the KKK and this. And I told, and I always say to him, if everything is KKK, like everything, everything. in America, like if you're going to just blame Democrats for when they first, the origins of it, like we're, we're just voting with whoever's giving us the rights at this point. Whoever right. we see, like, are y'all going to talk about the things that words we want? Okay, then we're going to vote for you. Right. Are y'all going to let us live? Oh, all right. We're going to go. Right. right. We know the money that we know, Andrew Jackson. We know we know all these presidents and we know all, they were all racist. Like, Lincoln are, did not free us. Free the yeah. Like, let's yeah. stop. Let's like, what just, are we doing? <laughs> like, what right. are we saying? We have to change entire school curriculums. Up. Like, I mean, yes. like my network has like taken a vow. They just, they voted, the board voted on like, uh, this resolution that like every all of our curriculum has to now be vetted like under by a like anti-racist like consultant like I mean it's good this is gonna have major impact on like a lot well, that's of good sectors. though are you talking about no, that's great I think that's, that's good though yeah no that's that, great that's I think the DOE is gonna follow I mean they were allegedly doing that before mm -hmm. um I don't know what that looks like per under se but the bows under that Carranza, um, the, the the yeah in New York City the DOE. Oh, I know okay. that they, oh, I you... Yeah, they no not oh, not nationally. Uh, no, okay. I don't think they're <laughs> <not nationally. laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, but I do think I wanted to just point. I do think it is performative. Like you know, in my opinion, like it doesn't really mean anything to me to move remove a statue. But I think in certain places in this country, in the south. Um, you know, in the South, particularly in the mid, like in Tulsa, I was recently there, like these symbols have major impact on people's like mental health and emotional, like it is traumatizing. And when mm. I talk to like residents um, mm. who are Native American and African American in Tulsa, like we did this tour and they were like every day having to like come here and walk through this, you know, area and see the statue or like even like recently they just voted i think in tulsa to actually talk about integrate the tulsa riots into the school curriculum before it was not allowed so you gotta like when we're talking about having these conversations is very deep rooted and it's very nuanced i think what we do as and i'm not saying only black people but i think what we do as democrats and right if i want to go even further as liberals is we settle for the scraps like i don't care yeah that you're removing the statue. I really genuinely don't. And I don't want yeah. to discredit the people. We like, can't discredit it just for the listeners. We yeah. think we, we, we're not saying that we don't We're Yes. Take them off. Cause they're dumb. And yeah. we don't care. But honestly, we have bigger fish to fry is what we're right. saying. Right. This is why I said, we got to really think about what we want and make those demands and push for that. Like you know, they, legislatively. They, they're getting rid of, they're talking about getting rid of master bedroom, right? The real estate industry because of the term master. Y'all, if you don't get the hell up out of here. Oh my here. gosh. But I have to say, With I this like foolishness. That, that I kind of like. Because you like that? When I, you you want to have real change? I, let us rent and buy homes without, yeah. you know, making sure that we have there guarantors and right. this ridiculousness. Right. And yep. to me, that says something, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's stop a, yeah. requiring in the hood 40 times the rent in order to be able to rent a home. Like, that right. that is gonna signal to me y'all are about it. Take it rid of the word. And master, you, can call, and you can call it master. So you're saying you can still call it master. Just get me what I need. Make sure my people can. <laughs> make sure we got a house. You know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. 
facts, facts. Um, okay, I, this is gonna change um, topics here because we, we have to talk about, um, I think we've talked about just the macro level of it, but let's talk about it in like corporate America. Um, we have to deal, as black women, we deal with, um, we all kind of, I mean, I, I think we all have worked in corporate America. You, probably, you guys are still working in corporate America. And one of the people we, we typically meet in corporate America is Karen. And Karen typically has, um, she has this microaggression, she has microaggressions. She has these, sorry. Just got a call. We have these, did you guys see, see me? Yeah. So she has these microaggressions and honestly, I wanna know, what do you guys think about Karen? How dangerous is she to the black and brown people? <laughs> do you feel like, it, you know, is she like affecting safe, um, our black and brown people's safety? Like, cause I really want people to understand this in context because I think they, they're taking this and it's a meme, it's almost, it's funny to call a white woman Karen, but I don't think they really understand how serious it is. And not only in just in the corporate America, but in life in general. So I'd love to hear what you guys think. Karen is very, very dangerous. Karen, I mean, and historically we've seen the implications uh, of Karens throughout history. I think Emmett Till is one that like just resoundingly comes to mind. Like, and I think to your point is like now it's becoming almost like a caricature. Like it's like in jest, like, oh, haha, Karen, she's Karening me. But I'm like, yeah, this is, I mean, I think that they are probably one of the most dangerous <laughs> groups of people in this country and like it's okay just yeah, but, but like, the, like it's, it's funny but like we look at that guy the guy who was in central park i forgot his name um his name is, is he's he, he's also his um is it john cooper yeah his, yeah or he's cool his and he's a cooper, Amy cooper. yeah, yeah Amy, he's yep. a cooper too how crazy like i always said how like crazy did they these two have to meet that just, I don't know, I just, I think of like the sign of it, but get, continue, please. But I, you know, I mean, it, these, like that, luckily that didn't end up like the other way, you know, like he was yeah. able to walk home and go home and sleep and not be murdered or arrested oh. and his livelihood changed all uh -huh. because of what, like, because she felt inconvenienced because she was the one who was like breaking the rules. So I'm like, yeah. and I came across this quote um, yesterday is Angela Davis. I don't know mm -hmm. what year she says, but she says, mm -hmm. quote, straight black men and white women will always be the weakest links in the struggle for equality because they view equality as achieving status with white men. The problem with that is that white men's status is contingent on the oppression of other people. And I think, you know, mm. these Karens, they gotta, they gotta be canceled. And I think, the response um, to Amy Cooper, right, was great. I mean, I'm sure she was making a pretty penny at her job, um, you know, wow. and she need, they need to be called out. Like, that is the good thing, I think, with social media, mm -hmm. is that we're able to see this in real time. Like, we're able to, and these people are able to literally be canceled. And, and, and I think that, that that's fine, but I think these Karens are dangerous um on many in many facets i've been you know victim to karen type uh microaggressions and in and the workplace and you know and they're just so rampant i think we they'd be they'd what's be an example can you give us an example of like a karen have you ever had an example of karen's yeah, yeah. she's aggressive <laughs> she's a little oh, aggressive uh, <laughs> i've had so many examples um at nonprofits. <laughs> Um, I've been told that I was getting ghetto. 
Um, yeah. A Karen called you ghetto? Wow. In a meeting, I think I used the word get go. And she was like, oh, let's not get ghetto with it. Wow. And um, I'm a confrontational person in nature. So I had the conversation with her and immediately tears. Immediately she went to HR. Of course. Wow. Um, And never meant it that way. And I was being aggressive. So that was one episode. I had another episode in a meeting with a VP, literally put her hands in my hair in a meeting, just like in awe of my fucking illustrious curls. Gonna have to get rid of that F word. And, uh, (laughs) and, and in that moment, I felt frozen, right? Because I'm like, here we are in a room setting full of VPs. And like, you think I'm your doll and you can literally just touch my hair into my scalp. And in her mind, it felt like, yeah, I just love your curl so much. And when I checked her, also another HR incident, right? Where wow. you're being too aggressive. We could have handled this in a conversation. You didn't have to get angry about it sort of situation. So um, when you have those moments happen in your professional career, especially as a young woman starting in her career, it really kind of disables you and makes you feel, you know, kind of like you're being gaslit, right? Like, am mm-hmm. I crazy? Did I overreact? Like, what's wrong with me? Mm-hmm. And that then, now I'm having conversations in my current job um, just had a review where they're like, oh, we love you. You're awesome, but you got to trust your instincts more. And so I had to explain to them like, well, let me explain why I don't trust my instincts. You know, <laughs> let right. me explain why I move, you know, to a level of perfection because I am now paranoid about every step that I take, right? Yeah. And what that does to your psyche. And so mm-hmm. it has a number of ways that it can impact an individual. My girlfriend was at Whole Foods in Union Square, one of the most liberal epicenters of New York City, and was called the N-word, right? Wow. And she broke down immediately, didn't know what to do. Wow. So I think, like, in these moments, it's just, like, we have to understand that they have real power, and they have belief. We look at Elijah, what's his last name? McNeil. I don't know if you all heard about this recent case. Mm -hmm. Yes, Elijah. Sorry, Elijah McClain. Um... And someone, I'm sure it was a Karen that called saying this boy looks suspicious in my neighborhood, right? And now he's dead. Yeah. And so to me, it's like, it has real, there are real actions that are taken because people believe white women in this way. You know yep. what I mean? So, and they helped to bring Trump here. That's the biggest Karen. Uh, wow. Okay. They, they couldn't even well, vote it in droves. And that's why it kills me too. Even like with the Women's March, um, you mentioned earlier, and I had reservations and I'm a feminist. I'm a staunch feminist. And I call myself a womanist now. But okay. I I can't with the, even like the white feminism. Like, and I've been having to like literally have conversations with my white friends, my white women friends and talk about how like certain things, like I, I think one example for me of a Karenism is like when people are like, you're so smart. You're like constantly, like I like in, in, in meetings, like, oh my gosh, you're, you're so articulate. I have one person that's in a cohort that I'm in in this program. Um, and she's like, you're so effing smart. And I'm like, I don't need you to say that to me <laughs> a thousand times. Like, let's not even mention like my credentials, like, you're giving me a compliment so like she thinks she's complimenting you i was just like but but it's like rooted in your other friends compliment your white why don't you compliment the white girl like why are you complimenting me i had to leave i'm not going to name the organization but like i had to separate myself from an organization that i was affiliated with that was run by white women white affluent women right and 
um, they wanted to like revamp things like after all of the incidents that have happened and I didn't feel comfortable. I said, I don't think it's the right time to do it. They were like, well, let's just have a black speaker. I'm like, what? A black speaker talking about what? <laughs> and they were like, well, 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 you know, defunding the police. And this is why I say it's very dangerous with like some of these uh, movements. They're like, defunding uh, the police. And so I was like, what about defunding the police? What about Black Lives Matter? Because this is like Black Lives Matter. And I'm like, but what about it? And she's like, we, we just need to do it. And I'm like, I'm not, I don't feel comfortable. She's like, let's go to our resource bank of speakers that spoke last year. There's only two of what, eight, eight things that we had, events that we had thrown. And one black woman is a comedian and no shade on it, but like, I don't really see her talking about political stuff. So I'm like, I don't understand. And I'm, I'm just like, and then the other person works in like politics, but like, I didn't, I was just like, so you're just gonna pick a black speaker to talk about an issue that like, I was, I, I separated myself. And the good thing I will say this is a, the colleague that I've been working on in that project, she's a white affluent woman. She was an ally in that moment. We both stepped down together. And she said, I'm not going to do this if you don't do this. And we said, we're, you know, we're, we, st we separated from the organization. No shade on it, but I was just like, I could, and, and the person got angry at me. And I'm like, you're telling me like, you're here to support black women and support black people. But like, here you are gaslighting me, <laughs> questioning you for wanting to just host an event about Black Lives Matter. But no, I, I was so lost. No context. So, <laughs> no context. And then like, just being like, let's have one of the speakers from the past. And I have suggested like prominent other like speakers that we could have vetted. I'm sure. And I was just very upset by it, but you know, I think the good thing for me was also seeing the power and allyship in that moment. My, like we both, like my, my colleague and I, we stepped back from it. But then also like, I've been more cognizant too of like how I step into these spaces because I think a lot of it too, and this is like unpacking like the trauma of like mm -hmm. being rooted in white supremacist culture. We talked about going to PWIs, the trauma that you, you know, incur in those institutions. Ooh. Like it's gonna be a lot of unpacking and dismantling white supremacy. And I think, mm -hmm. you know, there's organizations that are doing great jobs of it. I think the organization I work for is really trying to, to, to make change, um, but it's gonna be a lot of work. But these Karens, they're out there. And that's why I said, I don't need you to post a black square. Like, I don't need you to post hashtag Black Lives Matter and then go into the workplace and like harass women of color, like Nora was saying. Like, I mean, those are examples of true harassment. I think like yeah. harassment. termination, if like that were the other way around, like, oh yeah. People, oh, like yeah. a black woman would have been like terminated oh, or yeah. demoted, like, like this. And I've seen that. That would happen. never go to HR because HR is not there for me. Right. They say that a lot. Unless and that has so, been made very clear. So, so that's so that's a good that's something else to talk about. And and there have been a, I've seen a rise in like like a lot of Black women who work in HR. Like I have a good friend of mine who used to work in who was in HR and worked at HBO, worked for all these big com, um, uh, Fortune five hundred companies. And she tried, you know, she tried to advocate for, but it's hard when they're like, I want her gone. I want her gone. She's got to go. Oh yeah, get her out of here. Yeah. My coworker I don't trust was her. fired. I don't feel comfortable. Yep. I don't yep. feel comfortable. And the HR person's talking to her like, "Well, we got to give her a chance. You didn't get to, you know, she hasn't. You, you haven't met. And to, like, there's certain there's certain procedures. I don't care. 
she is got she is not good for the culture or for the yeah. work cult yeah you know and they use and that's the coded language culture. like they don't meet the the work culture you're not and a team player you're not a you're aggressive aggressive is the key yeah. i hear that all the time aggressive. And, I just and it's so mad yeah and, <laughs> and it's, i get it's, mad i'm mad <laughs> But it, but the, the worst part about this thing we're saying is we, I know I have so many stories. I know so many stories. I've heard so many stories. Yes. And yes. it's like what we have to, and I think this is something, maybe this is an offline discussion, but what needs to happen is there needs to be some sort of organization because, and, and it's not just, because it's not just the police that are the, that are the problem, you know, because we have to be fair, you know, the police brutality, maybe we're not seeing all of everything on tape but let's say it's if if it's under five percent that's happening in a, a year there's other ways that discrimination and um black people's bodies are in danger not getting work not getting hired shopping so not being able yeah there's so much it's so nuanced yeah. it's so it's so woven into the fabric of america and and our lifestyle that for us we're just like we just continue to we just keep pushing you know, I thought about, I watched a video that, um, oh God, this, this comedian, he's a funny, he's Indian, he's Muslim Indian. He's a very good looking guy. I can't remember his name. He used to, he used to work for The Daily Show. Um, oh, uh, Minaj. Yes, yes, yes. He did a great, did you guys watch that video? Yeah, it was awesome. It, it was good. Yeah, he did a good job. But, okay, but there was one part of it when he said, and it just, it, it burned me because I've heard it so much and I thought about it when he said, oh, you know, you know, we, and he's talking to his people. He's talking to Indian American, Indian people, not even Americans, just Indian people in general. Brown and he says, people, yeah. you know, you know what we call them, you know, and there's a, tip, there's a word for them. And then he says, you know what we call black people, you know, God forbid your, your, your daughter wants to marry one of them. And that hit me somehow. I don't know mm -hmm. what it did. It just hit me so hard because it just reminded me, I'm like, who the F do these people think they are? You know what I mean? And that they would say such things about us, like, don't marry us, as if we're, excuse me, like. Well, that's I, why I say I don't like the term people of color. I don't care. No, I don't either. I, I don't either. I, really I don't. want to talk black issues, black, yes. black, 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 yeah. because yeah. everyone is so afraid of that. And I actually got my job where I'm at now um, to not say African-American and to say black. Black. Because I think that there is power in black, um, mm -hmm. and people are very afraid of it because of the black power movement, right? Yeah, and we are leaning. Well, back they just wanted to that. be politically correct before they thought African American was politically a correct term. They, which mm, yeah. it's wrong. Mm -hmm. No, but I agree <laughs> with you. But the reason why I say I bring up that that statement because I just thought about the way it's so how it's how we just I've heard that statement from so many people growing up. Oh, I would never marry a dark-skinned man. Oh, I would never, I would never be date a a, a black person. Oh, I would never marry a black woman. Oh, I would mm -hmm. never. I've heard it, and I just, you know, you internalize it, and you don't realize you're internalizing it, and it's like you're like, oh yeah, that's horrible, or you say, why wouldn't you? Like you kind of, you might, you might get into a little bit of a a, a, a dis. And um, I have two friends, two black male friends who married into um, one is Indian, one is Pakistani. And they had to do so much work with these that's two it. families mm. because oh, of the underlying racism that exists. But that's what I'm saying. So that's so yeah. this is another. So we've got like our work is <laughs> no. It's not even. It's like if you think police brutality is the only thing that is affecting black people, 
reform that is not even we're not even at the crux of where right. we where we need because it's so it's we don't even like the fact that a an indian american family will tell a, his son do not marry a black woman and a black woman could be she could be the freaking president of the united oh, states the president. she could be yeah. like you could have married you a barack obama oh guess what right. you could your, your daughter could have married you a barack obama but yep. because you're so racist, you know, and you have to, you have the same complexion as us. I'm just saying how how it's internalized all over America, all over the world. How it's internalized in every culture. It's there's so much more that we need to do that I don't even know where to begin. You know, right. so I appreciate corporations lending a, a voice to it, but mm -hmm. I want to see how they're going to change it because if you don't have executives, if you don't have you know um, people in your executive c-suite positions that are actually people of color i'm sorry black <laughs> black people then if you don't then don't even like you're not part of this you know what i mean and give and throwing money to a problem throwing money to black lives matter i then go okay so now what is black lives matter doing to start changing these things mm -hmm. because yes right. laws are one thing but people have in their heart how are you going to change what's in their heart yeah at the end mm -hmm. of the day the biases that people have some Yep. Anyways, okay, let me change the subject. Um, defunding the police, guys. Um, we we gotta. I wanna. We have a. I wanted to keep our conversation going, but um, so I one of the time. things. Look, you have time, I have you, time you, for this. Yeah, you know, I have time for this. One. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So okay, so I, I know. I just want to keep it so that people it's bite sized so people can enjoy. Joe it. Rogan so, be having like three hour podcasts. Yeah. Oh my good. goodness. Okay. <laughs> money oh i know goodness. 100 million what okay, in the girl, world we gotta we gotta step it up with these podcasts yeah. okay we gotta really said, step it up how and he has so much political power i was just like influence i was i did i to be honest i can't listen to his stuff i mean people i know so many people that love it it's just i'm an so avid listener i is love it, it. Is it I, I it's not i just haven't i like listen some to parts so are hard listen it's hard some episodes are hard because sometimes you want to punch it, you want to punch yes. the, the screen, but sometimes, sometimes you have to hear the other side. You have exactly. to hear I do believe that too. how they break it down. Because he's sort, he's kind of progressive, but then he also re regress, regresses at the same time and like yeah. says stuff that I'm like, well, what about black on black crime? What? Like, oh, what I hate that. that. Oh. Oh, no, that, that's, no. Girl, <laughs> like, I, like that line could just like, and that's why I wanted to have this conversation with us. Cancel that line. Hear. Right. I don't want to hear what about black on black crime. Yeah. But let's talk about defunding the police. Okay. I want to hear your um, take on the, this new, um, this new measure. I mean, activists have been talking about wanting to, you know, take money out of the police and, and put it into um, social programs, money into social programs. But um, now finally, you know, we're hearing, there's a lot of, you know, politicians who are kind of getting behind this, this term. So I really want to know, what do you guys think? Do you think this is something that um, can actually happen in practice? Do you think that um, some of, like, we will start to see a lot more uh, states defund the police? Or is this something that is just another one of these aberrations that we just keep hearing and it's just, we're, we're, nothing's going to happen? <laughs> I, I'll just take the first crack, just that one. I want to give a shout out to the people who have been working on this for the past 50 odd years. Mm -hmm. um, I also think everyone should read Our Prisons Obsolete by Angela Davis. Again, to kind of get our minds working into the imaginative ways that we can self-police. Um, I don't even want to use the word police, where we can 
self-regulate, I should say. Um, and then I think for us, like, self self-regulation in the sense of, I don't want to keep saying like, how do we police each other? Like to me, that word in and of itself is creating this idea of what policing looks like. Mm -hmm. And it's creating the idea that prison is also um, a consequence, right? And so it's like, how do we just get our brains outside of all of this and really think about the why and the issues of why we are where we are, right? Why do we need police because crime happens? Well, what is defined as a crime? When crimes were expanded in definition in the 50s and 60s, you know, under both Reagan and Nixon and all these issues of being able to um, incarcerate even more individuals so that we can also have the prison industrial complex. Like all these things are interwoven together um, as far as where we are today, I will say New York City, we have a deficit of $10 billion. Yep. Right? Um, the pandemic is real, right? No, <laughs> seriously. Us clean out. Yep. And I can't it's imagine so what other cities and states are going through. That's why <laughs> Texas opened up and why they're dealing with what they're dealing with now, right? Yep. And so we look at our revenues and they're down and we have this huge gap. And now we're talking about defunding the police which I can get behind, but what I don't like is all these organizations saying, well, give it to us instead. Yep. Well, <laughs> wait a minute. You know what I mean? Like seriously, reinvestment into community services. Well, what does that even mean? Because a lot yep. of these are just words and terms that are being thrown well, around. Like who's running this money? How is yep. this effective? How are we making sure that people are actually getting jobs with your job training? How are we making sure that people are having some sort of economic equality when we go into this room and that it's not about just having the, helping the poor black and brown folks anymore? So for me, it's, it's, I'm sorry, I'm rambling because it's just so complicated and so layered. And I want us to be realistic in our approach. If we defund the police, I don't necessarily see that going into community services because we have this deficit. That's why I brought it up. Okay. Um, and I also think that it's also very sexy of a term right now for politicians and others to kind of get behind and no one has really done the work on what that truly, truly looks like. Um, well, some, some Camden, New Jersey has. Camden, yeah. New Jersey yeah. is an what example. They, what are they doing? they had they had a they had like a really bad police um station police department and they wiped it out and re and rehired everybody like they just fired everyone so, and rehired. i'm sorry and they're also I mean, the elimination yeah. of police sorry yeah. oh no I, I, I don't believe i don't think we should talk, like does any of you do any of you believe in abolishing police i, I, I do, do not i don't I do. believe in uh, the abolition. you I do don't. yeah I, I, I do i do in a long-term play um, right. I think that it will take 50 to 100 years to fully okay. have, um, you know, an abolished police presence. <laughs> yes, but we need to we need to work towards that, and that's what I mean by what does that look like, right? right. So when I hear defund, that means the elimination of monies. I know I, I hate that they use the word defund because just like I'm a grammar person, and I'm like that ain't the right word. You just like reallocation like, more. Yes, yeah. yes, reallocate funds. Funny you um, say that. I have something. I have something to say about that. It's funny. You say and that. and that's so. If that's what we're talking about, then that's very different. Yes, people are working on that. I I yeah. I mean everything you said, Nora. Like I agree with for the most part. I think there are examples nationally and internationally of 
communities that are able to self uh, for like but self police like we don't need these aggressive measures or tactics and we don't need outsiders i think in new york if you look at the force a lot of in the in the city a lot of even though there's been a major amount i think of efforts to diversify yeah. the police uh force right and that's a very political conversation too because we'll talk about unions it gets very nuanced but I mean, you have a majority of the police force here in New York City that don't even live in the city. And I don't understand why well, they can't that is afford it. They can't afford it either. To be but fair, that they was can't be, afford no, it. No, but that's, but they recruit. They can't afford it. You can't fair, live but in the like, For city employees, for city employees, I remember I worked for the city, you're required within 90 days to either to live or to relocate back to the city. Five why, hours, right. Why can't that be something, a measure that we can take for the police, for, for the police unit. I mean, there's like, I think there are ways that we can make changes, right, in the police force. I think, to your point, defunding, I don't know what that, like, I, I haven't seen a consistent plan of like, how this money is going to re be reallocated, maybe I need to do more research. But I do think that we just need to reallocate resources in a way that is, um, equitable to communities like that are disenfranchised. I don't know what that would look like. And I think that there needs to be more voices at the table that are making those decisions, right? But like, and to the earlier point when you asked about abolition of, uh, or abolishing the police, I, I think I, like, I think in the long term, yes, I think we could have a model where we really don't need police officers. I think it will take time. I also worry about the implications that would have on safety for communities of color for women like I just I start to think about like other factors that play into it and it does make me a bit nervous I live in an area right where like they built a police precinct a block and away a block and a half away and I've seen changes like that have that have occurred like there was a time when I wouldn't be able to walk around in the middle of the night you know in my neighborhood that's just a reality um yeah. and and I think that we need to understand like what the implications of that would be um, and I think, again, who are the voices behind these movements, like behind, like, who are the groups that are running this? Because, you know, it, 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 the implications could be very adverse for, like, communities, so, of black, black communities, I think. And I understand your point, Jackie, about, you know, crime happening in black and brown communities. And that's why I think I do believe in abolishing the police um, in the long term play, because in that time, while we're working towards that, we also need to have a redistribution of wealth, right? Yes. So that yes. we don't have the 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 need to go out and commit crimes, if that makes sense. Because the why I don't think gets talked about enough. Like yeah. black people don't just go up into schools and shoot up schools and kill a hundred kids that they don't even know. There is intentionality behind our crimes. And we need mm -hmm. to look at that and really start to understand like, is it coming from a place of desperation? What are the other opportunities and resources here available so that crimes can go down and they aren't committed at the rate in which they are in black and brown communities? So right. to me, I just think that conversation needs to happen more about the redistribution of wealth and in tandem with, you know, abolishing the police. But there's but there's still other crimes against women that I think that is still I mean, even if people are wealthy, there's wealthy men that beat their wives, there's wealthy yes. there's sexual you know, sexual violence against women, you know, even against men. So there's still a need for police, you know. Um, I think they should be called the pe the peacekeepers. I think that's what we should start calling mm -hmm. them, peacekeepers. I think I think the way we change, we have to change the way we look at these people. Maybe even the way they dress should be a, maybe lighter colors. Maybe it should be like instead of that dark color. Maybe they should be like we. What we I think for me, the police is used to be. Um, 
they used to be like respect, like respectful, you know what I mean? Respectable human beings. You would, you would see them in the street when you were younger and you would wave at them and they would wave back. Now police officers don't even look your, they won't even look at you in the eyes when you're, when you're walking past them. They're very, you know, they're very, it's almost like they're, they're cold. And I also feel like for them too, it's a protection of mechani- mechanism for them because they feel like everybody hates them, right? And a lot of these, not, we're not, okay, we can't paint you know, this, this, this brush on all of these police officers being horrible human beings, but we also do know that, you know, even if you're not the police officer that's committing vicious attacks, vicious violence, all these things on, on black and brown people, you know who they are, right? And doesn't that make you, you know, implicit into whatever crimes these people are doing? You know what I mean? Isn't that the same thing? But then again, you, then you have to turn it all again on it and say, well, if these police officers know who's doing this stuff and they know in the locker room, oh God, Billy, this guy, every time I have to go on the beat with him, he's like gonna tackle these black kids and oh, I'm tired of it. But he can't go against him because if he needs him for backup, he's not going to have it and he's ostracized and he's and he's gone from the force he will lose his pension so there's just so That's much they throw the whole thing away because <laughs> it is rooted in slave patrols like well, how, it is going to change, yeah. how are you going to change literally the culture in which mm-hmm. it was created i agree like, with that yeah i just and i hear you on on women's safety i hear you on child abuse um right child the yes. child but when a child is being abused that parent isn't automatically sent to prison you know, there are levels, there are the Administration for Children's Services. They have a whole system in which they work with the family and the child. If they need to separate the child from the family, they do that. There is an entire um, therapy counseling session that happens with families to reunite them. And then if they feel like it's too unsafe, then that child is permanently separated from that family. Yeah, so but if a like, woman's getting hurt, if she's also in a... I'm not domestic- saying to apply the same exact thing, but I'm saying oh, we need to use okay. our brains creatively to think of other ways True. to handle these yeah. issues. I agree. And, and that's I think, what I mean. It's just like going in prison. I yeah, police, police officers are not mental health counselors. Like they're police officers training is just I think is not sufficient. One. Like right. it like for oh, the God, scope no. the scope of the work that they're doing. I mean, it really isn't. And I think, Oof. you know, we need to really reevaluate that. I think to your point, or like when you look at historically at the roots of like the police force in this country, like police were once like the slave catchers, like right mm-hmm. back, like, back in the day, it's rooted in like, we call like this white supremacist, like there needs to be a class of people that are just below for like this, this entity to exist. So to Nora's point, I think if you level the playing field for black folks in this country by giving them economic resources and access to the same systems for progression as our white counterparts, we might be able to see some radical change. We might not even need the police force at, at all. But I will say, like violence against women, I I, I do worry about that. Violence Donald Glover period. has yeah has a has a bit like I remember he was like he was like I never have to think about walking to my car. Like he was like this woman that I went on a date with. She was like, can you walk me to my car? He's like, as a man, it's just something that we mm-hmm. don't really have to process, and it's a reality for a lot of us women. But I do think that there are tangible uh, measures that they can take because like again, it's about not like kind of short-term progress and long-term progress. Like, yes, abolition to me seems very, like it would be ideal, right? But it's going to take, it's like, that will take a long period of time, right? Well, it takes humanity, work on humanity. That's a separate yeah, conversation. Yeah. That has, that's <laughs> that's the police. But what, what are we doing now? So like black and brown children, because I really, I see these police officers, I, you know, I live in Harlem and 
I've seen them go up to people who own homes in brown, like own brownstones and ask people, what are they doing there? Bro, I own this brownstone. Like, how is that allowed? It's like, there's no impunity. There's no, like these officers, I feel like in many ways, feel like they can just do and say whatever. It's the government, but you guys forget, don't forget the government. These are government sanctioned, um, um, uh, like this institutions like yeah. you can't forget Pro, that you're talking about breaks it down yes yeah, yeah. you're you're saying you're saying that why well, why is a police officer going up to you know a homeowner who's in front of his home and asking what are you doing there you forget that harlem used to be I hate to say it from after the after the 80s to maybe like the early 2000s it was like the heart, you couldn't even go up to Harlem, right, you know, and I'm right. from, I lived in Manhattan all my life on the Upper West Side, and, you know, my parents, we used to, my mom used to say to me, like, you can't go past 110 Street, because yeah, it no. was mm-hmm. crazy, it was crazy up there, and unfortunately, we all know why, it has nothing to, it's, it's what, you know, what, how they, how they try to, you know, the war on drugs, and we, that's a whole other conversation, mm-hmm. but the point of what I'm saying is, what happens in these communities once it becomes gentrified, now these police, are, these these taxpayers are like, oh no, I bought this place. You're gonna keep me safe mm-hmm. here. Right. I'm right. spending money, so make sure that there's no. I don't want to devalue my, you know, like I want to make sure that no one's standing outside and, you know, drinking alcohol and or you know, catcalling women in front of my place. So make sure that you're patrolling because I don't want it. I mean, obviously they're not talking to the police. It's not that direct, but that you know, in a, in a response to these people who are investing into these communities, they want it safe. Brooklyn's and the same as well. this is why home ownership to me, because gentrification, you brought up, that to me is colonization at its finest. And we do not talk about it in New York. I mean, yes. I mean, we talk about it in New York, but we don't talk about ways to like really get to the root of these issues. You got people that come to these neighborhoods, they, they get priced out, they can't afford. And this is why I think some of these people are behind a lot of these quote unquote progressive groups, but your policies really aren't that progressive mm-hmm. because you're going into areas, because let's be real, you're priced out of like downtown Manhattan. You go uptown, yeah. you come into an area, you know nothing about it. You don't really take the time to understand the community members or to even invest in like businesses that are owned by like black and brown, like nothing, like, but, you come in and then you kind of stake claim and you're, you know, and I get it. Like you own property. You don't want the, the value of your property to be devalued. Right. Which that's a whole other conversation, but like, <laughs> let's talk about, but let's talk about real ways to economically empower black people. Harlem is now predominantly white. Like I think I was reading. It's like, mm-hmm. well, there, it's it a predominantly, really? yes. I mean, it's heartbreaking to me. And then I think about even like representation. That guy is gentrifying at the highest rate. In and New that's York why it's so safe to walk Harlem. around in yeah. Harlem at night. Where? Where'd you Best say? Best Eye. Best yeah. now the it, number one, yeah, gentrifying. It's crazy, and it's like, let's have the conversation and about how can we create public programs? Hey, I'd much rather a public program that's helping mm-hmm. people to become first-time home buyers or to be able to buy within their community. I saw some on the, on the, HP, on the New York State's website where they have programs for people to be able to buy investment properties. These come mm. once every five years, I feel like. Why yeah. can't we create more opportunities like that for people to actually advance? That's why we need reparations. Well, 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 we also have to think about it. Maybe it's not even programs. Maybe we have to think about, we're thinking about it too big and we have to think about it in front of our face. Why are we not working with each other and saying, listen, yes. you, me, John, Jay, um, James, 
and and Victor are gonna put, you know, we're gonna each put in, you know, five thousand dollars and we're gonna yep. buy that freaking that freaking condo or that freaking bronze or whatever it is, and we're going to start flipping it and we're gonna start creating like it's really at the at, at there's a point where we can no longer we can no longer say the government, this person, this one, because we have to now take matters into our, because they're not going to come to our rescue. No yeah, one's no, coming agree, to, to cape for us at this point. We have to cape I agree, for but we do pay taxes. And I think, no, I agree with you totally. I'm totally into that. But I do say, think that we, I mean, we are taxpaying citizens. These, the money that we pay in taxes are funding these quote unquote programs. And I've worked in government on program design for mm -hmm. an agency. And I sat at those tables and I hear what is a metric of success. And I hear how, you know, you're able, you, I see how they're able to like budge numbers. And I'm not saying that these programs are not great, but like, if you don't even have people at the table that are helping to kind of structure these programs, they're not going to be beneficial to the communities right. that you're trying to serve. And I do think that agencies, elected officials, like our dollars pay for these programs, for the, you know, for the salaries of these people, they need to be held accountable. And I think that, you know, you got some legislators who are doing some cool things on like home ownership. You got Zelnor, Senator Zelnor Myrie, who I, you know, I saw has some progressive ideas. It's a senator in Brooklyn. Crown Heights um, is some part of his district where he's putting forth like legislation that's like, let's make, because there are black homeowners like that are in Brooklyn that are being harassed and they are being kind of harassed out. Of, yeah, they're being bamboozled oh, out of their properties because of like technicalities, you know. Yeah, they can't keep up. Right, exactly. It's, it's crazy yeah. to me. So it's like, don't tell me you're about equity, inclusion and diversity, but you're not helping people. But I do agree that we can't, I, and I'm not a, <laughs> I'm not a socialist and I'm going to yes. say that with, I can say that I do not believe in, in socialism in the way that it is being posited now. I right. think we need to stop being dependent, not we, but like, I think these social programs that are created that are not informed by like, like black people don't have seats at the table to help structure them and talk about the allocation of funds. One is a problem. And two, like, I think we need to, to your point, it needs to be internal. Like we need to come together as black people and do these things. But I will say, if you look at Black Wall Street, again, we had an example of that. We've had examples. And that was the first act, one of the first acts of domestic terrorism on Amer in, in America. America. And we don't talk about it. Mm -hmm. And that was... But the in the history books. It's not in the... It's not honestly, in the I didn't even hear it about it until, I think, out of... Out of actually, you know when I heard about it? When someone was pitching an idea for a film for and to get my client in the movie, and they told me about it. And I was like, yep. What? They well, people said because of Watchmen that now like it's, yeah. it's like really that's the reason. Yeah. And the funny thing yep. with that with the with the talk with that is, it was started by a Karen kind of thing. Like so historically, mm. they say that yeah. these riots were propelled right. because a white woman accused these black a men rape. of raping her. Mm -hmm. There's no historical proof of this. Right, There's, you can't find anything. But on that's this. all they needed. That's all that's they all needed. They, needed. they bombed they needed. this area. I was there recently. They bombed it and completely demolished it. Black people came together and rebuilt. They did, it wasn't like, oh, they rebuilt and then they did it again. So, you know, oh, we, have, we have, we have, no, <laughs> yeah, we, we do, but we, we also do know that this country is not, I mean, we only make up what 12%, 15% at the yeah. most, like it's not, it's the numbers aren't in our favor. We've got to do for ourselves at this point, these agencies, as, as much as I agree with you, we are, you know, we're, our tax dollars are funding these agencies and these, yeah. this, they should be, you know, held accountable. But unfortunately, until we start doing for ourselves, we'll just be complaining about the issue. That's I really agree. what it is. 
but Wait, one thing corporations can do stop using prison labor for like i saw a list of all the, like we talk about corporations i don't care if you are plastering black lives matter all over <laughs> your website if you are using prison labor to produce products yeah. like you know and these are That's things better. that i think you know, we are at a, at a crucial point where it's like, we can really make demands of like, we spend our money, like a part of it too, to Nora's point is we patron a lot of these businesses. It's not like they're doing this because they really genuinely necessarily feel badly about, like you said, this has been going on forever, but they know that there could be an economic impact, right? If mm -hmm. a lot of black people stop purchasing, mm -hmm. let's say Nikes, like, you know, from mm -hmm. Nike. That's, or, I mean, that's everything. You know, Target, I know I go to Target all the <laughs> <laughs> Walmart. Oh my God, I cannot. Go oh there. gosh, Walmart. But I mean, we need to make demands of these corporations. Is, can we hear? Can, can were we losing Nara? Sorry, she oh, can't hear she us. Did. Oh, no, you can't hear us. Oh, oh okay, no. come back in. She'll probably have to come back. Okay. In. Yeah. So um, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, we'll, we'll probably have to pause this. Um, I'm just gonna make sure I know what time. It's 1:26. Okay. Let's see. Said she's coming back in. Um, good points. Good points. Yeah. Can you hear us? Can I hear you guys now? Hello? I hear you. We hear, we hear you. you. We hear you. Nothing. Oh, no. no. Oh, we're having such a good combo. I know. Oh, I have one more topic. Well, no, that was the, that was the funny was the last topic. Oh, good. Well, that was pretty much the show. Um, let me see if I can get her back on one more time. She might have to try. This happens on Zoom all the time. My friend has the same thing. Really? Where they just lose it audio? It just stops. The, like it was happening to me. I had to re like reset my computer, um, my iPad. Oh no, I think, yeah, that happened. I was hosting an event and the speaker, he had to reboot his whole system. Yeah. All these virtual conversations. I mean, we should just do this forever. Like what in the world? Why are we just- I know, I just, this is so about, good. But think about all the p jobs that are gonna be lost because of everybody's like, oh, well we can work under, we can work a little bit lighter. Like we don't need to have such a heavy staff. Hmm. Why I don't know. we just, you know, like, it's just going to be very sad. I've already seen it. Like my, I mean, I've seen organizations and companies that are like, we're going to be remote indefinite, like indefinitely. Yes. Hey guys. Hey. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that was our last topic, but um, honestly, I mean, I, I feel like we've, we had such a, just a lot of great, great points. And there's some, there's so much more that I feel like we can talk about that we probably haven't even begun the conversation. And I appreciate um, the fact that, you know, like we're having these conversations, you know, I just hope that, you know, we can make these, we not only, well, you're, you guys are already doing it. You're in the community, you're working, you're, you're helping in your local communities, but the people who are listening, I hope that it's not just a conversation. It's not just the social media post. You know, even if you can't go to a, a, a march because you're you're too young to be getting, you're too old to be getting thrown in jail. You don't want to be going and you know. You don't want COVID. Work. I was gonna say COVID. COVID. That's facts. That's that's one of the main reasons why I haven't went to um, a lot of the, like I like I've been away from them. I watch it. I'll video, but I'm not gonna go. 
and plus I used to do it all the time like my 20s that's like that was the that I did it girl you know? I did it and felt like someone's grandmother so I understand <laughs> <laughs> yeah you see all these kids running like, like y'all got it y'all okay. got it right <laughs> but I, but I'm gonna pay the bills I'll pay the bail right. funds I'll, yeah. I'll right. put money towards the bail funds and I'll you know donate because I, I believe in what they're doing and I think what they're doing you know just to go back on the Black Lives Matter movement um one of the things that I think that's so important about Black Lives Matter, if anything, is the fact that they are, they've got a new generation of people to wake mm -hmm. up. Yep. You know, we haven't had this amount of like, like activism from like white people, white girls that are crying to talking to their parents and, mm -hmm. and not understanding why their parents are racist. Not just realizing that they realize their parents are racist. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And and them mm -hmm. knowing that their parents on the wrong side of history. And it's like, it's, you see them, they're, 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 they're emotionally, you know, um, triggered by it. And I think that's important. I think that's really important. I think we've got a ways to go, but we've got to, you know, keep the movement going. I mean, where do you guys, what are your lasting, um, I guess your last comments on everything? I, Where do we go from here? <laughs> yeah, I, I really think, like to your point, there's a new generation that's bubbling that has taken the reins. I think they've done an excellent job in organizing and mobilizing. You know, I see these protests across the country and I am impressed, but I, you know, I've only participated in one and I was one that I literally organized, co-organized. Um, and I was like, yeah, y'all got this. You, y'all are doing great. Um, I, I really would love there to be pushes on people to one, especially because this next generation is like a huge voting block. Like, mm -hmm. and they're going to, and I, I want them to leverage that power to one, get Trump out of office. And I will say that, you know, like, I think we need to really do some massive TV efforts. I think we need to, yeah, we need to get people to go out and vote. And, you know, and that's one thing that get registered and go out to vote. That is one thing, one thing that people can really do to, to propel change right now and do contested like strategic research on candidates um, and try to like really be more involved on lo in, in local uh, government as well. Well, what so you brought us, you brought up voting and okay, a lot of activists are saying, don't tell me to vote, you know, voting doesn't always help. And I think I, that's a point I, of privilege. I, I don't agree with is, that. But is it though? It's not privilege. It's actually point of, you know, we've done it and it's not working for them. You know, their candidate's not there. When you think about it, you know, like we've got two 75 year old men going at it against each Girl. other. And there's 315 million people in America. And we have two 75 year old white men. White men. Right. That are literally, I can't tell them apart at some points because same well, girl. Trump used to be a Democrat. Now he's a Republican. Right. Uh, um, um, Biden used to be a, a Republican when he was first young, when he was younger, then he's a Democrat. His laws, you know, the laws that he pushed in the 94 crime bill was detrimental. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, so tell me, I mean, look, I'm not telling, I'm here's, a Democrat. Here's I'm what I Democrat. say to that. I, I, vote, but what do we say to these people? I say, who don't see, they don't understand politics the way we do. I say, right. I hear you. And I say that we need to continue to move the needle, but we're not going to be able to move that needle at all if Trump stays in office. Yep. So, you know, and I, and I know that people will push back and say sure? Trump has done more for black communities, et cetera. Yeah, I'm sure when you're hosting a rally on Tulsa, Oklahoma on Juneteenth, that is the biggest dog whistle I've ever seen to your base. 
So I don't, I don't, if he wants to keep his base happy, I don't see him riding for the rights that black people want. I'm not the progressive party, not the left, that black people want and mm. need in order to yep. achieve. So uh, I think, well, you guys see, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to have to play the moderate, the, the, the conservative. You're going to get your Chris on. <laughs> yeah, if you're going to say that, then I'm just, I just want us to, let's keep our eyes open too. What, ha I mean, Trump has done, a, he's done a lot of, um, I mean, his crime, the, the bill, the, the reform, the first step, the first step act has released 7,000 inmates, you know what I mean? And that's, that's a more big, than Obama did. And that was great. But okay. that's not all of the issue. His Do you know what I mean? Zones. No, I get it. I mean, obviously these are just like shiny objects for his, for him yeah. to get reelected. We get that. We're going to bring not, up opportunity zones that also yeah. funded that huge, uh, high class mall at Hudson Yards, yep. <laughs> which is an opportunity zone. That's which an is an opportunity yep. zone. Whatever. So I'm like, you can keep giving me all of this, and I and I hear but, it all, and I'm not a fan of Biden. Biden's and then HBCUs, HBCUs has been at begging. They have to come and beg for money every every year, and he finally gave them a forever pass to get federal funding, like all right. colleges get. And that's great, but to me, that's very similar to getting rid of the master and master bedroom. Like, we're not actually tackling the real issues on why HBCUs can't get fundraising the same way these other private universities can, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think all of this is great. It's a Band-Aid approach, though, and I don't think Biden is gonna be able to be our godsend. Biden's biggest competition, in my mind, is for people who aren't gonna go out and vote. It's not Trump. Mm -hmm. Wait, what he needs to win over are the people that are totally apathetic and over it, right, to this conversation. And he is just shooting himself in the foot every freaking day, it seems like. Just please shut up and let us get to the polls in November, Biden. But I think who he makes his VP is going to say a lot. And mm -hmm. I think hopefully how we change the House and the Senate is going to have way more oh, effects than who yeah. our president I, is. I, I could I could take Trump if I have my Senate. That's all I, 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 I honestly, I could. Well, Trump yeah. I, well, I, we could flip the Senate. I just need the Senate. I really, I, because I think that good. needs to be the focus. It's flipping the Senate. Yeah, flip. and keeping the House. And yep. keeping the, and keeping the House. Yep. But obviously, I'm a, I'm gonna be voting for Biden. So that's for sure. Yes. And I, I, and I implore, I implore Black people also to think about it this way. Um, Biden's gonna be fine whether he loses or win, wins or loses. Like that's he's fine. He has his money. He's good. It doesn't matter if he wins or loses. And the you know the the. The, the celebrities that talk about, you know, Diddy's been one, a very vocal person against, you know, Biden and, and, and Charlemagne, that God has been a vocal person. And I implore people to, black people to really think about it this way. Um, these people will all be fine when, if Trump is reelected. They'll all be fine. Will we be fine? You know, 125,000 people died of, of, during this COVID crisis. Some of them that could some of this could have been avoided had this right. man woke up a month yep. earlier and did more than just China ban, China ban. I did the China ban. There's way more stuff mm -hmm. he could have done, way more, you know, research, way more things that he should have done. And and he didn't, you know, and he also in and did what he he's known to do bankrupt stuff bank this is the seventh <laughs> thing he's been he's known to bankrupt things i feel like i don't know why democrats aren't saying this like they should be saying he's you know what it is companies. though i think he's bankrupting diddy, now the seventh america i think diddy and others and what black people and myself included have to really think about is our relationship with the democrats um and the democratic party I'm, I'm really, you know, I've been saying I need a third party. Third party. I, this just isn't enough for me. Mm -hmm. And I'm starting to feel that more and more. But I think the conversation is that 
What are we holding Biden's feet to the fire on? What are we going to get out of electing him? What is he going to be held accountable on and not just get him elected because he's not Trump? And I think that is where they're not doing it correctly, but that's where they want to push the conversation. Mm-hmm. Like Hillary, think- like what they did with Hillary, the same kind of mm-hmm. strategy with Hillary. You can't vote for Trump. He's a reality star. Well, guess what they did? You yeah. know what I mean? They, yeah. they didn't care. They just couldn't yep. vote for you. So that might be another, and now with all his gaffes, like, can, you know, will people feel, people also might want to feel like- This campaign got- needs momentum. He needs, like, you want people to go into that room excited because also then they'll vote down the line. So we may mm-hmm. win back the Senate, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you want people to have the momentum. We need to get back some of the middle- folks that then went right because it was just too much for them with killery in their minds right so it's like okay we need some momentum in this campaign right now i don't see it i'm hoping that who he selects for his vp will give him that push that we need going into november he's That's up in the polls though i mean he has like a uh, decent double digit lead. i mean you oh can't yeah go, Do you believe you the polls the, yeah you, he's up he's up <laughs> in after hillary not yeah, you, he's up in the polls in battle and like in, in key kind of uh, battleground states right now. But will he be able to keep that? I think Trump is doing just such a poor job. Uh, like I feel like Trump is kind of giving this away. Like he is, he has completely messed up with COVID. I mean, now you're looking at these states that reopened so early um, mm-hmm. that ha- are seeing spikes. But that's you not know? him. That's that wasn't him. That's the governor's. He's gonna it, flip this. It wasn't. Day. But he is the leader. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, again, to your point, people are not informed. Like I think we have to understand the level of people's like relationship with like civic like government and like they understand. Like I think a lot of people get their news now from Twitter, Facebook. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you know, and, and whatever's going viral, whatever, they don't, they, people don't even read articles. Like, people don't mm-hmm. vet sources. That's they just retweet that people, them. They retweet <laughs> them. So it's like, Trump is able, I mean, whatever you want to say about him, he has been able to market himself in a way that has gotten people excited and, and thinking that he's a viable candidate. I mean, remember during this time in the last election cycle, people were like, Trump, no way. There's no way. And and look what we have, you know? And yep. the odds are really against us. Like it is the, like statistically, most people get re- reelected. Like there's, you get second term. So it's like the Democratic Party, to your point, Nora, they need to come correct. So I think Biden's VP choice is going to really, you know, make a huge difference. What do you, um, what do you want? What do you want to see there? Uh, you know who my girl is. Who's your girl? Oh, Warren? You know it. I don't care. That's my boo. I don't don't care because she is left and crazy enough that we can at least get to the middle. Like, I need someone who's going to push him in a real progressive way and not just give more of the status quo. Kamala, to me, is going to give status quo. Happy to be the first black. I think she might be. I think they're saying it's her. A lot of people. I know. I've been talking to some inside people that work with that. It seems like it's leaning towards, which would be such a devastation. I get so nervous because I'm like, she's so capable. Yeah, she's capable. She's capable, capable, but she's the same. But the problem is, her record was so like for black people. It just she's not gonna move the needle for us. She's not. You know, she's scared. And I think Warren is a good choice. The the whole reason why we talked about the microaggressions and the Karens. Please believe that happened to her in her career too. So I hate to say. Elizabeth over her, but she has uh, more freedom than Kamala will have, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I, I think that's a fair point. I think we need someone that's going to push it so far to the left, like, you know, push him so that he can 
move in some way, shape, or form. Like student loans need to be forgiven. Yes. And, oh, and I think us, she please. is. You want to talk about economic empowerment? Me, okay, yes. that's a reparation, honey. So reparation. <laughs> why? That, that is something that is tr literally doable. They can literally do totally that. She do has it. created blueprints and models. That's one of her policy platforms for quite some time. So I think there are things that can be had, and, and already Biden is talking about it. I was legalize reading, marijuana. Legalize Hello. marijuana. I mean, he's not saying that though. He's not saying. He, but he she is. Say, she is. Wait, wait. Um, Biden did say he has. No, he did talk about. He put it out that he would forgive undergrad debt for for well, when uh, i heard he wants no he doesn't he want a repayment like fixing the repayment program no like, I, it, it, they're talking about forgiveness but only for underground undergrad debt i think okay, they just that's need to perfect they need to no yeah. i think everything <laughs> they need to just clear student loan debt because is that, that fair gonna, though is that fair yeah i think it's fair off? especially for black I, folks we I, help build I, some I, of these institutions columbia yeah. university was built off uh, I went to built off a of slave like let's stop and, and, and like really no you you want to talk about economic yeah. revitalization get people that people cannot buy homes when they're yeah. straddled with this crazy amount of like student loan debt I yeah. mean and you're gonna have it, it has adverse impacts on society like on all economically on um our culture anyway people like our generation can't afford to buy homes like it's not really good for the economy and that's that's why we need a very left-leaning bp yes. that can help to be in his ear and push this and he's old y'all i mean he might not make his whole term we don't know yeah, so, so, is so, yeah. that. so no, it's true trump is 74. biden like, had what two brain aneurysms Huh? <laughs> he had two brain aneurysms. I'm not even trying to be funny. Like, oh, he did? Yeah. Yes, he, yes. So people talk about the gas. I think, like, you know, I, I try not to laugh at that because I'm like, he has incurred, oh. like, brain trauma. But, like, oh, it, you know, and then not to mention, like, family, like, you know, had so many deaths in the family. Like, you know, he's yeah. been through some stuff. But he's been through some stuff. We, but you know yeah. who I like, guys? You guys, I don't know if you guys, are you familiar with um, Congresswoman um, Val Demings? Yeah. She's an she's on, I love her. Love oh, I don't I know enough about her. I, I, her I need to look warm. Up more I love about the warmth. I feel like we need that. We need I would a love a black woman as the VP. I would oh, love absolutely. Absolutely. Her. Like, I don't. Well, what is she about? Black. Yeah. Huh? What she, is she I mean, about? She used to be. She's in police. She's a police. She's in. She was a police officer for twenty-seven years. But um, she. I mean, she's out here fighting for us. But honestly, you're gonna need. You, this is America. They're not gonna like. There's certain things that are just never gonna change in terms of like they want their, their, no. their they want to have some kind of they want to feel safe. So <laughs> someone like her, because I also feel like there's we can't be too far off. You know what I mean with the per, the candidate because we still have to let like white people sat it out. That's why we lost. Ninety seven percent of us voted and white people sat out. So you can't totally say. All by like you have it's America. Yeah. We're only we're twelve. What about Susan Rice? I heard her name floated no. around. I don't know. They did it that. They did it no. that. Too. And she had problems with Benghazi. That would be a way. Yeah, They're going to bring that up. I'm just going to keep hearing that over and over. The yeah. other person I thought about, this is someone that's not even in politics, is um, Melody Hobson. Are you guys? Oh, familiar? yes, yes, yes. She's, I love her. She's brilliant. She brilliant, brilliant woman. And she she was, a, I guess, hedge fund person, I think. She was hmm. like, she was married to George Lucas. Mm -hmm. um she's very oh, yes, yes she's very she's amazing she's, yeah she's she's okay. so like inspiring to me as a black woman i'm like wow i'm in awe of her and what i appreciate about mm -hmm. her is that she also looks she's also helped a lot of black businesses like yes. found mm -hmm. like invested in black business found ways to get 
um, empower um, black business Man. owners. So these, and these I just I just hate the respectability. Like I hate that respectability stuff. You know what I mean? Well, I like, because it just feels to me more of the same, more of getting she's legitimacy. She's no, but but even saying like someone that's gonna help. We have the we have we literally spent we we spent four months with not making any money for the country. Whoever gets there, it can't just be a politician. It has to. We need like that's we true. have Biden already. We that's need true. Biden is good because. Business. Warren and her specialty is like economic, like she has created policy platforms even during her um, campaign. Like I was reading some of them, they're very innovative. Like she's studied like the banking system. She's done a lot of reforms, I think that are beneficial and she's able to work across the aisle. As left as we say Elizabeth Warren is, mm -hmm. like she, she's strategic. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't be mad if it's her. I just, I, would, I, I just remember Kathy Black taking over DOE, and she was this crazy, you know, successful business person. But when it comes to government, there is a certain first. skill set that you yeah. actually. Well, now we have the most yes, where there you really need a certain skill set. Like you can't just apply what you learn. And I, maybe I'm thinking too narrow minded when it comes to government because I've worked in government. But right. I just, I don't know. I. I mm, I don't know. I need somebody that has like real plans and policies that they've seen implemented, been effective and willing to implement now. You know, I'm excited about it being a woman VP. I, I mean, that that's to good. me, that's that's true. I, I am that's very, true. because the that's reality true. is I do not think Biden, he'll be a one-term president. I really do see yes. that, you know, yes. and I think a lot of people have been saying that, you know, and what this you, is an opportunity for a woman to be the, like, with you, like, I just, I don't understand like why this has, why we're here. Like, I think women are, better leaders. And I will say that. Look at they all of these. Proven. It's proven. It's proven. You ain't got to whisper that, girl. It's that is no, 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 it's But like, look at all these black women mayors. Like the mayor, I don't know oh. her name. Oh, San Francisco. Yeah. I mean, Oakland, she's yeah. phenomenal. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you know, uh, of Atlanta. These women bottoms, are really Bottoms, Bottoms. Keisha. Your, your, you mayor, um, your mayor in, your, in DC, um, she's good too. Oh, I mean, Bowser. She's, yeah, yeah but Bowser she's also, Mario. I hate to say, she's she, like, she, she's she, kind she, of yeah, I didn't, I didn't say her name because <laughs> <laughs> I'm my DC there, folks got some, got some, you know, it's prickly. It's prickly. Yeah, I was like, oh girl, she wants more money for the for for a milit like for the for the police. Like we're talking about defunding. She's like, well, yeah, <laughs> they help lead in the gentrification of DC. But yes, yeah. yes. Mm -hmm. But yeah. we need a woman in office. I mean, enough is yeah. enough. Like we do, and I think the election was stolen from Hillary. I will say, yeah. I think. It truly, it was. And yeah. I think I'm more excited about Biden, just his VP pick. I really am. Me too. Me too. When I heard it was Klobuchar, I was like, oh no, 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 no. I almost <laughs> cried. I literally I almost was like, cried. No. I was just like, we're going to lose again. Here we go. Yep. Yeah. We just lost. Yeah. And I, yeah. Klobuchar, and you know what's so great, Klobuchar, that, I mean, George, you know, George, I, I feel bad for, you know, we, we lost, we lost him, but it happened in that state, in her state. And she had the chance, apparently she had the chance to get rid of this cop at the time. Cause this isn't his first rodeo. This cop mm -hmm. has been, you know, he, he's Derek Chauvin has done a lot of crappy things and she had the chance to get rid of him and didn't. And she has a, mm -hmm. a very, she's also another person that like, it's time to get rid of all these people though, really yeah. all these politicians. It's she time to like scrap me. them off. I think that the, 
you know, um, I feel like the AOCs kind of get muted because there aren't mm-hmm. enough of them in, 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 in like, they, they, they're like, they get, they were, she was, you know, so she came and she was so vocal. Now she's kind of quiet, you know, she's not as vocal as she once was, you know, where she was on every talking mm-hmm. and it's because they, they kind of dim you and say, listen, it's almost like the corporate America world. It's like, you can be black and proud, but when you get into the corporate world, it's like, you can't wear that top. you got to put your hair back. Please don't bring, don't wear you know, braids or dreads, like yeah. for, it mutes you. And that's how, that's basically how it is. It's to simulate, you know? It's also called getting reelected. So that's, you know, it. I mean, that's, that's <laughs> the that's number, it. I mean, you know, and this is why I'm like, I just want us to be more realistic about all of these things because True. you can have someone go in there like this and then six years later, you know, come out looking very different because yeah. it's a real Obama. thing. Obama, that's, yeah. that's Obama's story. Unfortunately, that's his legacy. He was very, he was a, he was progressive to me when people talk bad about obama i say you don't understand what it is to be the first black man mayor exactly. uh, uh, president excuse me you know he's the george washington of presidents and you think he could have just changed everything that one man can he also change. didn't have congress so exactly people are just, uh, <laughs> yeah, first two years he did but yes he didn't have for for, for the for uh, for the last six years of his his tenure he didn't but right. I, I, there is stuff he could have done. I do feel like there were sure. certain points that he could have been a lot more forceful, especially with the police brutality stuff. Eric Holder kind of disappointed oh, me yeah. too. Like he yeah. went to Ferguson and they came back, well, like this. And the Freddie I, Gray situation. Yes. I'll never yes. forget the split screen oh, of him and him? Freddie Gray. Yeah, I, and then he said some stuff that were, it's just, you know what it is though? It's again, we get co-opted by, you know, yes. what, you know, we, if we don't think as as black professional people especially those who've been exposed at pwis if you don't think that you've internalized any of this white supremacist you know behavior mentality thinking any of that you you a fool because we've definitely internalized a lot of that and most of it just to survive you know what Mm -hmm. i mean just so that we can exist in these places but that's right no girl yeah all right well i'm gonna end it right here uh thank you so much ladies for the Yay! great conversation Ew, I so good like we got our joe gonna... rogan two hours on ah. yes yes, <laughs> yes we're gonna have more of these hopefully um we got to get back into this there's a lot to talk about we have to talk about i definitely want to talk about you know um we got to get more into our political conversation specifically um as it pertains to um some of these like reform like these uh, legislations i'd like to break those down and then as you know as we get closer to the election i definitely want we're going to be going on overdrive with these um, podcasts because i want to get people really mm-hmm. focused on what we have to do we have one job that's mm-hmm. it one mm-hmm. job we got to get trump out you know yep. and unfortunately it's not a, we, you know, I, I know he's done these sprinkle things for pe- for black people and it seems like it's helping. It's not. He's not going to do anything. The next, you think he did something now, the four years, now that he has no election, he's going to literally just continue to feed his pockets and his family's pockets. You yep. know, it's, and we're tired. We're tired of it. We don't want it. It's over, you know? So we, we're, we're going to have to really get out in these streets and get you know, like whatever we have to do to get this, this man and this woman elected, we have to do it. It's, this is a, the most important election. So, all right. I'm Kirsten. This is Politrix Podcast. And you can find me on, you can find us on Politrix Pod on Instagram. Please um, listen to us on Spotify. Hit subscribe if you're watching us on YouTube and um, Kirsten J on Instagram.
Right. I'm Nora Yaya. Um, you can find me at MissYayaComedy.com or on Instagram at M-I-S-S-Y-A-H-Y-A. Nice. Jackie Martel. You can find me on Instagram too, Dama, D-A-M-A underscore Martel. Yes. And thank you, everyone. Have a great week. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Let's stop recording this. All right. Bye. Oh, wait. How do I do this? How do I end this? I think you just leave. No, I mean, because I, I was just like...